Hello and welcome to the first ever AC podcast, hopefully the first of many, maybe the first and only. Um, hopefully not, but we'll see how this goes, we'll see how I, whether I can be asked or not, let's be honest. Um, and yeah, basically, essentially, it's just going to be a football debate, unlike a lot of the things I do on you know, my channel and for Just Arsenal. It's not going to be Just Arsenal based, it's going to be a general football discussion. Um, get different guests on, maybe maybe similar guests each time, I don't know, don't know how many people will be willing to come on. But this week we have uh, Luca, who is a Liverpool fan who was privileged enough to uh, go to the Champions League final. Hello. Uh, how are you? I'm alright, thanks, yeah. Um, obviously we're going to talk about the Champions League final, have him here. We're going to talk about the experience, the match day experience, the journey to Kiev, what everything, you know, going to Champions League final, what it was about, what it was like. Uh, we're going to talk about Karius, we're going to talk about Klopp, we're going to talk about the game. And we're going to talk about the future implications of this for Liverpool. And then we'll get on to sort of the World Cup a bit later. Looking at surprise selections and just sort of previewing the tournament, which we're all really excited about. But anyway, tell me about the match day experience, Luca, and just tell me about the journey and everything. It must have been incredible. It was incredible, yeah. We took a very uh, early flight and got into Kiev about... One o'clock in the afternoon. Very, very nice city, and uh, and the um, yeah, very, very beautiful city. Quite a good, quite a nice journey, and um, and the got ground. Up at one or something. We got up at one in the morning. That's right. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and so it was, it was, it was, it was uh, worthwhile in the end because it was such a such an incredible experience, especially especially the game, but not only including the game because it was a very nice. Um, city to, to experience and to and to visit so yeah so you went up to john lennon airport saw all the liverpool fans on the plane yep i mean songs most, LA, most LA, them, LA. exactly the la 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 song was ringing loud and true at six in the morning most of them wow. already had 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 a few pints yeah uh, i mean I, I have nothing but respect for those people obviously but yeah, yeah i've um, got to say as much as i find liverpool fans annoying at times just i don't know you sort of see yourself as the holy club that's what i sometimes i look mean at. we are obviously. um but one thing i do have to say is uh, the atmosphere i've seen at anfield and liverpool fans away in the champions league has been very good it's so, uh, 10 times better than what we've had at the emirates at anfield and that's something i would love to have at the emirates personally but yeah that's what i just had to say yeah i mean we 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 pride ourselves in our passion i think Especially in away yeah, games, from the, from the moment we wake up to the moment we get to the ground, to the moment the game starts, to the moment the game ends, the whole time we, we pride ourselves in sustaining that level of intensity, passion, yeah. you know, our, our vocal support rings loud and true, and um, even, even in an airport at six in the morning, all the way to, you know, Kiev at three in the afternoon, all the way to Kiev at nine o'clock at night, where people just really start to get into it. It was, it was just, it was incredible to see how, how much fun people were having. I think that was the main thing really, because, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it was, it was a lot of fun for everyone who's involved and the people just celebrating being with each other and being, being part of this fan base. And that's something I found to be very rewarding, which is how proud I felt to be part of that football club that has such a, such a strong voice in the, in the world, really. And yeah. what was it, what was it like sort of in and around the stadium um 
because obviously you have what? How many Liverpool fans were there? It wasn't actually that many. It wasn't the biggest allocation. No, so given for a final. They said so, yeah. So um, on the Thursday, the club reported that lots of or the Ukrainian airline had report uh, had announced that they uh, that they had cancelled lots of flights and about four thousand oh, wow. fans seriously were, were had been uh, their flights had been cancelled. So that's that's already the. 13,000 fans who were allocated seats in, in the stadium, bearing in mind it's a stadium with capacity of 70,000. Only 13,000 13, 13, Liverpool fans were allocated seats. What were the seats. other seats? Yeah, like? The other seats were just officials, apparently, but I don't know, I don't, Seriously. I don't know about the numbers. I don't but understand why. Ex- I know it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's a whole UEFA thing. Give I mean, 35,000 each, why not? I mean, yeah. it's Or at least 30. Yeah, if, if you're in a Champions League final, you, as, the, as the administrators, you really want to sort of make it the big event that it is. But mm. I, really, I really honestly don't think the numbers made that much of a difference because, yeah. um, I mean, I don't know about the numbers, but there were, I saw red everywhere in that, in that stadium. I mean, outside the stadium, red, complete red. Mm. Inside the stadium, three quarters red. Very very small Real Madrid portion. Very, it was very surprising, and they were they were quite quiet. They were, when the Real Madrid song came on, yeah. Uh, and when obviously when they scored a lot of their them goals, were plastic. A lot of them, a lot of them, they brought out their plastic flags and their plastic. A lot songs of them probably they, from Ukraine as well. Yeah, they, exactly. They were um, and they were they were they were they were okay, but we just sort of we took over the stadium, you know. Genuinely, not surprised by that. I got there, yeah, exactly. And an hour before it started, I mean, we're obviously we're famed for that across the across Europe. And your atmosphere is brilliant, it, exactly. And and we sort of and we rose to the challenge. It was sort of like you know, come on, do your thing. It's like it was like it's, a, it's like a performance, you know. Mm. So I I got there about an hour before the game, and we saw and I filmed it. and It was incredible. Every single bar inside the ground. Was was singing, a L A L A L A, in complete synchrony. It was it was remarkable because all the Real Madrid fans they weren't they weren't angry they weren't intimidated they were standing there and they were filming themselves they were clapping mm. they were laughing they because first of all they thought the game was done and dusted but also because yeah. this is this is a fan base with a reputation worldwide and they were and they were watching and thinking we came this far not only to see the football game but to see these fans in action because. Mm. It is it, they they the Real Madrid fans even the Real Madrid fans found it absolutely absolutely remarkable, you know how much passion these fans showed. And yeah. That was that gave me a lot of pride as a fan. Yeah. Um, as an Arsenal fan, I only wish we got to Leon. I mean, just any sort of away game is just it's totally different to a home game. You just have the sort of there's a, there's a lot less of you in this sort of closeness between you collective passion and desire and you know what I mean like just away games yeah exactly especially in foreign countries because yeah, yeah. I mean this is my first else. away foreign away game but it's because mm. it feels like an adventure you know mm. um, it feels like uh, it feels like it's almost it's like the end of the world and you're sort of you're doing all you can to hold on yeah. and it's like it's like the biggest thing that's ever happened you just put all your energy into it and it's um, yeah it's just it's really exhilarating and uh, an, an exciting experience yeah mm. Um, obviously, before I think it was the Roma game, you saw um, what was his name Sean Cox. He was yeah, um, he just was attacked. Um, did you any, see anything of bad nature? You know, we've had the reputation the the uh, England fans in France two years ago, and just England fans generally have had a bad reputation. Did you see anything of bad nature from any fans? Well, obviously, fans? obviously, England fans have their sort of hooligan reputation. Yeah. About, um, I that yep. the, the, the coming together the the incident with Sean Cox and I hope he's I just want to say I hope he's okay and and he's I've heard that he's making a speedy recovery which is mm. fantastic news. Um, the incident with Sean Cox, 
was was a, a small portion of Italian football fans. And in general, the Roma fans were very good. My dad was at the home Roma game. And the mm. Roma fans were fantastic. They were also in awe of the Liverpool fans. They were very mm. respectful. Lots of clapping after the game. Lots of handshaking. And that was a very, very... It was a, that was a complete um, sort of... It was, it was a freak event. Yeah. Um, a very freak, unfortunate event. Mm. Now, and the Ukrainian police... Well, people were going to look at it and sort of look at football fans in general, but we see a lot worse things happening, a lot of stabbings and yeah, no, but stuff like that. You can't really pinpoint it on football fans in no, general. No, it's that. individuals. It's just, yeah, lunatics. Exactly. Really. Um, I felt that the 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 Madrid fans and Liverpool fans were very civil towards each other. There was there was mm. a there was a good sort of like. It was a good respect there yeah, yeah. because it's obviously two European giants. I mean, mm. I can say we're European <sighs> giants, but... Um, not really. Well, I suppose, but not really in the last 10 years or so. Over I the course of history. Three Champions League finals in the last, what, 14 years or something? Like the record shows. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was, there, was a good, there was a good sort of respect and there was a good air there. In, in, and it was, and the, the police weren't called into action at any point. Mm. It was quite civil, so that was good. Um, yeah. Although people were getting very agitated inside the ground, and not not necessarily in a violent way, but maybe in a there was a lot. Of, obviously, the famous red red flares came out quite a lot, mm. and there was just a massive sea of red smoke mm. of the whole, whole thing. I'm telling you, that stadium at one point was just all completely red. It was just mm. you know, little, yeah, you could of... you could see on TV. It was sort. It reminded me of the um, the Euros a couple of years ago. Just sort of. I don't know what it was about. The stadium looked very similar to some of the stadiums they had in France, but it just had that sort of feeling of a huge occasion. And I don't know, it, the colours just were very vibrant. I'd, it had the feeling of, of a Euro 2012 game. So, yeah, when you got into the ground, obviously, you were sitting what to, slightly to the right, but you were in the Liverpool end. What was the atmosphere like? You've already obviously touched on it, but what was it like throughout the game? Obviously, it changed throughout where, what, during the course of the game, what was happening on the pitch. But just tell me about the atmosphere inside the ground. Yeah, I mean, majority of it. Um, I think in the first twenty minutes, you could see that we were quite, we were really sort of ready for the challenge, and mm. and the and the fans were definitely the same. They were really. Um, really getting behind the team and we were going in the opposite direction actually to where the fans were so it was sort of like we were pushing them forward um, and then obviously Salah uh, came off after a half an hour or 20 minutes whatever it was and um, I think the fa- I think that really hit the fans I think although yeah, throughout the tell. game we sort of sustained that that positive momentum in, 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 in our voice I think it really it shows with the team as well although both fans and, and the team uh, were were sort of were energized by that by the substitution and the fact that he had to come off because it was like you know now we really have to get into it guys to do I it think, for him yeah, yeah exactly but I think it still showed that we just we weren't as strong and the fans didn't feel quite as confident I think the atmosphere just you know between between Salah's injury and half time the atmosphere died down somewhat yeah you could definitely tell that on yeah TV. and because obviously Adam Lallana isn't going to make the Real Madrid defenders quake in their boots so yeah uh, but you know it was it was still quite positive but there were these moments where it would sort of go down a bit when we didn't have the ball and they we were just a little bit more sort of watching the game quite focusing on not conceding a goal you know so it was it was a bit more of a nervous atmosphere and the team were definitely more nervous and they didn't have quite the same confidence and 
uh, and boastfulness going forward because it, you know, it, it wasn't such a, they didn't have a, the, the power going forward as, as they would have done beforehand. But uh, yeah. I think you could, you could definitely tell as soon as Salah went off, which I'm going to talk about that in a bit, whether you thought, whether you, your thoughts on Ramos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it did feel like Liverpool, obviously you lost your star player, but it felt like a bit of the energy was sapped away. Um, you lost a bit of the attacking momentum, although you remained relatively stable defensively, I think, after he came off. Going forward, you looked like you'd lost some... And Adam Alana obviously, is not going to have the same effect. He's a very different player to Salah. Not, I think he had a pretty poor game. I, th- I think he was played out of position, just to, just to get that across. Yeah, I think. I think he's better when he's played centrally. Exactly. Um, More of and an it was, effect it was, on the game. It became really, a quite a hoof so. game. It became mm. the, sending the ball long to him and hoping that Mane would run off of that. And so that was what we were all waiting to see, was seeing Mane's runs in behind, but didn't really quite come off to the same effect because mm. Firmino and Lallana aren't, aren't the... They're not quite as strong up front when, when paired against those defenders, you know, w- without having two options on either side of the wing. So, yeah. And obviously, half-time came. Second half, I think it was pretty early on. We now have learned that Karius was supposedly uh, concussed from a sort of head injury he well obviously head injury he sustained in a in a collision with um Ramos a bit earlier have you seen the Ramos comments by the way I have seen the Ramos comments just, just to say yeah Ramos what a prick I mean what that, a prick. I mean I didn't like him before because he's has such a notorious reputation as a dirty yeah. player but I mean last Champions League final you know, his I, dive his his um his comments were something like something along the lines of uh, you know that everyone's over talking about this Salah situation and everyone's over talking about this carrier situation and what next have I given Firmino a cold yeah and that's, I just think that's I mean it's insensitive but I don't I don't I don't criticize football player for being insensitive I, I criticize football player for um, dismissing what were two key factors in the result of that game yeah and, and an ignorance and just a a, um, a boastfulness that I, I can't respect it's, I think it's it's very prudish of him to, to have said that so I, yeah I think you do have to look at well obviously we we appreciate how good a defender he is he's a, probably one of the best in the world I'd say he's an exceptional defender you could say his nasty sort of bastard side of him makes him such a good player and makes him what he is I if think you see what I mean yeah I think in in the in the modern game I mean historically obviously in the 80s and the 90s that sort of defender really yeah. like Tony Adams. Yeah, exact Tony Adams, yeah. um, Vinnie Jones, Martin like, Keown. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Martin Martin Keown, I think, epitomises that. He's just it's a, he's the hard man of the team, mm-hmm. and we don't really have many of those left. I think Ramos. Ramos, is Ramos that. has the perfect balance of ball just playing. Complete big prick. Exactly. But I mean, also very good defender. I couldn't have put it better myself. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's so yeah. He's got he's got the he's got the perfect balance of ball playing and football mm-hmm. sensibility. And mm. and composure when when attacking, mm. as he does being a hardman, being ruthless, being mm. being destructive, and, and just taking no prisoners at all when he's defending. And obviously, if that means pulling off Salah's arm, that means pulling off his arm. He'll do. He'll he'll stop at nothing to he, win a game of he football. He has to do to exactly. Win a game but of football. I don't yeah, think exactly. I don't think I don't think the the Harrius Harrius the Carrius collision was necessarily well, intentional. Um, <laughs> what would you say about the Salah one first of all? Well, obviously from when you were in the ground, you probably didn't really see it. No, we saw. We in thought detail, 
But what have it, having seen the replay, do you think it was intentional? I personally think it is. I mean, you see the clip of him laughing with the linesman after. It does look like he's intentionally tried to injure Salah. I, I don't think it was necessarily explicitly intentional, if you know what I mean. But I think he knew what he was doing could potentially injure Salah. So he carried it out. I mean, naturally, you wouldn't carry his arm down to the ground with you, would you? Yeah, I mean, I thought, uh, upon seeing it in the ground, what I saw, I don't know if this is the same challenge or a different challenge, but I just saw the ball coming forward after Roma did attack. We won the ball back. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold played a ball into the middle, flicked on by Firmino. Salah went to, went, went to get at it, and the defender was coming at him from a, from a 45 angle. Mm. Uh, and the defender just completely totaled him. Like he, he, and I just saw Salah go two, two, two meters in the air, flip over and fall on the ground. Was that, and he, and was at, that the? But the I, I mean, I mean, it's not, not. It was, I, I think it was a. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think he went in the air, but I think, oh. I think he. It was, it was a massive collision, and Salah just rolled over. He just mm. sort of completely, like as if he'd been struck by lightning. He just sort of mm. went on the floor, and he didn't get up for about five minutes. And I thought it was just a nasty collision. Um, and then after the game. Uh, checking Twitter, my dad told me and showed me the video and um, and we and another a report that we read had shown that R- Sergio Ramos has a friend who is a who is an MMA wrestler. Really? Yeah. Who oh, wow. and and that, and and that move that he did, which was to wrap his one of his Why arms around taught. Salah's shoulder and pull the other one pull the other one down with his body at an angle. I think is like an expert. To, an expert to be right. So. Uh, bit of evidence to show that it was on purpose right so, th- so th- th- now there's a concurring investigation that's going on um well, in, in, uh, into, uh, into dis- an egyptian lawyers trying to sue 500 signatures so it was a billion a billion trying to, no no he's trying to sue him for a billion pounds the a, egyptian lawyer right is it but five five hundred thousand signatures have been reached with that i think i think i think it's the same i think it's the same petition oh yeah um yeah i mean it 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 did look nasty, but it looked deliberately not. It looked like as if it was like a manoeuvred tackle, like he'd been planning it beforehand. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think he went into the game thinking, if there's a potential incident where I can injure Mo Salah, Liverpool's outstanding player, then why not? Exactly. I mean that that's his attitude, isn't it, as a football mm. player? Um, he. Uh, throughout the whole when, when Salah was on the pitch they, the Real Madrid defenders were really really tight on him um, the left back whose name who, who I forget who it was oh it was Marcelo obviously yeah. but it wasn't Marcelo it was a, it was a left sided centre half Varane Varane was yeah. really really close on Salah because Salah was making his darting runs inside and Varane was just following him he was just yeah. he, was, he was within Varane's quite a quick centre back exactly well. he, he was within about a yard of him every single and, and you, you could just see Salah had no space at all and what happened was they kept sending balls down the line. Salah would chase them, but eventually it would come to nothing because you know, the, the, the defenders would all crowd around him. I think Manchester United succeeded at closing down Salah when we went to Old Trafford. I think, um, uh, I think who else, who else c- succeeded at doing that? Oh, Swansea succeeded at doing that. Yeah. Um, which yeah, I never thought I'd say that, but <laughs> but it was they 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 use that tactic that that tactic to just t- he he was the target for the defenders. And he had no space. And then I mean, when the moment he's came, outstanding player. exactly when the moment came, you know that was the plan was to get rid of him. I mm. think, and that was, and they and they succeeded. So, so yeah. What about the obviously we've heard about the Carrius incident? Now he was concussed before the goal. Is it really an excuse? 
Uh, for the first one, for me, it's you talk about goalkeepers, what makes you a world-class goalkeeper, and along with the brilliant shot-stopping, brilliant reactions, good distribution, I think a key factor is very, very high levels of con- concentration, and that's what separates very good goalkeepers with less good goalkeepers. And a lot of goalkeepers who move from smaller teams to bigger teams, that's one of the biggest things they have to adapt because obviously they're going to they're going to be less busy, if you know what I mean. So their concentration levels have to get better. And that he didn't have that much to do throughout the game. He made a couple of decent saves in the first half, one in particular. But it's just a moment of no concentration. If he stops to think for maybe a second longer and stops throwing it out immediately that goal is completely avoided and I don't think being concussed necessarily is an excuse for the first goal anyway what yeah what would you say yeah I mean upon impulse obviously Karras has made a few mistakes in his time at Liverpool since he Mm. joined in uh, 2016 but no that is that is the like indubitably the worst mistake he's made Um, Mm. he he just he rolls it out to Benzema basically. Yeah. Benzema sticks a foot in. It, it's not it's it's not a moment of lack of concentration as much as a moment of carelessness because yeah. he's so eager to attack. Because it's, remember this is the beginning of the second half. We mm. really start to put the start to put the uh, the, the engine on. You know, we're really yeah. trying to sort of break through and yeah. challenge Real Madrid. Um, and it's it it completely like he he just it's without thought. You know, and I don't think I think the concussion contributed to that in the sense that Karius normally is quite a hesitant keeper he likes to hold he should the ball have been for a while. more he's literally if he thinks about it for maybe a second longer and senses that that Benzema could be coming in front of him it's avoided I think I don't think a concussion is necessarily an excuse for that obviously it's a factor but you still cannot be doing that yeah whatever I know, state you're in I think I think because of it he his his uh his he he became much more brash. Like he he was he just wanted to get the ball out and you know he, he if 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 Benzema were coming at him for a one on one, I have no doubt Carius with a concussion would have rushed out and tackled him outside outside his own area like and possibly risked reg you know that sort of thing. So I think that's what that's what that's what his 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 uh, his ability to make rash reasonable decisions and. When you know in play was sacrificed because of his con- because of his concussion. With regards to the second one, with the, the second mistake, it's just a simple catch. Third simple goal, catch. I think I would blame the concussion for more of that. Now I, I'm not so fussed yeah. about the first about the first goal from a Liverpool f- fan's perspective really? because I'm, I think that's because I think that horrendous and it doesn't matter if you're concussed. You I know think, you don't you you are hesitant when you're throwing out and you're careful and you think about it, especially in the Champions League final. I mean, it's it's obviously a bad mistake, but um, I think it really. The, the minutes after that, you could see that Liverpool really went for it. Um, everyone went forward. The fans were were reanimated. Everyone just got behind the team mm. in that way that that happens when you concede. Mm. Um, and in the in the way that a goal was conceded, we just felt the need to be even more vocal, and we just and we looked so much like scoring. We did mm. score, but but tell me about the atmosphere. I mean, after that Mane ex- goal. Ex- after I mean. It was. I've never experienced anything quite like that because it was like mm. it was almost a surprise, you know. Mm. I mean, the the second the, the corner that that was taken in order to, to for it to be scored, um, Milner. M- James Milner yeah. going up to it, he turned round to the fans and did the classic Steven yeah. Gerrard, 
you know, two hands in the air, yeah. rounding them up. I'd be doing that and every game. Exactly. And and he was really like, and you could see it in his face, and it was right in mm. front of me, right in front of me, James Milner did that. And and I, and you could see in his face, he was, he was, he was angry. He was like, come on. He was like, what yeah. are you doing? Mm. And then the little fans within, you know, split second had, had already changed from, from Burnley on a Saturday at three o'clock to, you know, Champions League final mode, yeah. as it were. Um, and that, so that first goal really made us score our first goal. So I think without, we wouldn't have scored were it not for that, that Benzema goal. So that probably got us back in the game, weirdly. Yeah, I think that's fair even though, even I think though they it, say as soon as you scored, that's the most time you're at. You're most vulnerable. Exactly, yeah. And, so, yeah. and then Rummage did switch off after that. So if we'd scored another goal, if, you know, if we'd gone two and up, mm. I think obviously we would have been in a strong position because we would have been ahead. I don't need to say that, but we would have that we would have given us a remarkable chance of winning the game because the momentum would have been with us. M- momentum is such a massive part of this Liverpool side. Obviously, with little experience, not, not, don't really know how to grind out results when the, when the things are going their I way. that's been a problem of yours for a few years now. Yeah, because we've always had, we've always had quite a relatively inexperienced team yeah. um, with, you know, and with not the resources to, to, to win at, at all costs. I think we've had that problem a bit as well, especially in the last few years of Wenger. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that, that that has been the case. That's been that has been the case with Arsenal because because you've hadn't had the motivation to do as well. But we've obviously always thought, oh, there's some potential in our team. Um, but then after I, that, I don't think we've had the we've thought we've had the potential in our team. I think we have. I think we've got better actually in the last few years. But we have had problems, particularly around 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, where we struggled to grind out results. Um, but yeah, go on. Yeah, so I was just going to say, um, after the third, after the second goal... Obviously, great goal from Benzema. Nothing, sorry, Bale. Bale. There's nothing you could do about that. Yeah, his substitution really made an impact, by the yeah. way. Um, well, I was surprised he didn't start, but I think Zidane had that sort of starting eleven which he likes to... to yeah, Isco to wasn't as good as, as Bale. I mean, yeah. Isco had he a, hit, had he a hit the post, didn't he? Isco hit the post, the but bar. he hit the bar, yeah. but he should have scored. He was, yeah, he he was from scored. point blank range, he's, and, I, and he, he should have put it in. Mm. But um, but the substitution of Bale really made the difference. It gave gave him pace and mm. meant that Robertson and Alexander Arnold's defensive direct, duties, I think, yeah. yeah, they really needed to sort of like pay attention to the defensive duties and not attack as mm. as they normally like to. It made us quite wary. Could be playing against ne- you next season if you move to United. Hopefully not. But who? Bale. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want I don't want to see Bale in the Premier League ever again. If I'm honest, Spe- <sighs> especially at Man United, I would hate. I'll take that. him at Arsenal. Yeah, if you would I mean, be. the likelihood of that, we need about 100 million to spend on him. <laughs> yeah, also the fact that he played for Spurs. So no, I'd t- still take him. Arsenal but, fans no, would love that. But would he go? Would he, would he not? No, uh, yeah. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's Fair extremely enough. Extremely unlikely. Yeah, um, but he gave him that pace and he, his, second goal, his, his first goal was brilliant. His second goal, I do blame the concussion a bit more for that because yeah. that is something where your hand-eye coordination just completely goes away. Even yeah. if it goes straight at you, you know, it's dipping, it's moving, it's... I mean, 99 times out of 100, he's saving that. Exactly. A, that's, again, slight lack of concentration. But yeah, I think you can blame the concussion quite a bit more. Also, that that's... That he would normally catch it, but he was obviously, as you said, his hand-eye coordination was... Fucked. Exactly. Basically. I mean, that's the best yeah. way to put it. Um and it was the third goal that really, really took the Liverpool fans down a notch. They, they really, after that point, they didn't get back to it. He sang You'll Never Walk Alone somewhat weakly. But it wasn't really the same 
because mm. we just sort of given up. That was not that we not that we given up as fans, but it, that was a sign of having given up. You know, that was a sign of yes. Now you've won Real Madrid. Here you go. Here is a victory on a plate for you. Um, so it was. It was that was it, that was a loss of our dignity a little bit, and that's why we didn't. We were we were quite quiet after that, and, and the game ended in such a sort of sad way. And after the game, everyone was sad. If we'd lost two one, we would have had held our heads high, saying, yeah. "Listen, we can." I think we going conceded. into it at the end of the day, no one expected you to win, even if you played brilliantly and Real Madrid didn't play that well. Exactly. you still would have expected Real Madrid to win because they've got ability to grind out a result. Because they've got that that that, that yeah. class that shines through regardless of. Of how things are going, they they always they 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 stand true to to the, to how they play and it and it and it works them because they've got that quality in those positions. We'll see what happens now without Zidane, but yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, I think they'll find a, a suitable replacement. I hope they Venga. don't. I want to play them again. In, I want to play them again next year in the Champions League, and I want to destroy them. Um, and it, it would be hilarious. Um, Ramos breaks his leg. Oh, that'd be that'd be wonderful. Ends Actually, his no, I, I don't ends con- his career. I don't condone the oh, injury. I would, lo- I would love that. I would. I do not condone Sergio Ramos being injured, and neither does Alfie. He's not. I, I don't think it. anyone was was happy when they saw Salah because you want to see Salah playing in the final. Everyone loves Mo Salah. I admit that I didn't at the start of the season. About, about six weeks ago, you hated Mo Salah. No, I, I didn't hate and him. Anyone player of the season, everything obvious, changed. Um, evidence to show that he is a very nice person. Um, everything he's done for Egypt. Um, boosting the economy and stuff. I mean, he got more, he got, what, a million votes in the general election or yeah. something like that. But I think with Ramos, we'd all, come on. If Ramos broke his leg and his I'm career was I'm not going to admit on, you a, can't, on your podcast if, that if, I want to see if Ramos I was a, If career. I was a Liverpool player, say I was Robertson, yeah, yeah, yeah. left back, I'd go in to break his leg if I played him next season. I <laughs> no, would. Andy Robertson, I would. Andy Robertson is a beautiful soul. He wouldn't break Ramos' leg. He'd probably give him a shove. He'd probably kick him in the back a little bit. He wouldn't br- try, and I'd break try his and, leg. I'd try and break his okay, leg. No personally. football player will ever deliberately want to break someone's leg unless they feel it's in completely necessary circumstances. And even then, it's completely immoral. It's completely immoral to do so. Robertson would not break his leg. Although I want to see Robertson crunch sat, uh, Sergio Ramos in a tackle. Actually, there was one tackle that... Um, in that game, that one of the pundits said that that Robertson did that was that was as good as Bobby Moore's tackle against Brazil in the World Cup, mm. um, which I obviously Andy Robertson is not not really at that stage yet, but I'm 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 not that pedigree, yeah, not pedigree yeah. of Bobby Moore, but uh, I have no doubt that he, he, you know, he he's a very How old strong is he? defender. Twenty five, twenty four, twenty four. That's uh, quite an amazing story. Just the way he's actually. developed. Yeah, two years ago or three years ago, he's mm. playing for Dundee United in Scot- mm. in the Scottish Championship. Mm. Um, and now he's playing for uh, Liverpool in you know in the Premier League and the Champions League, and that's mm. at an incredible level. He's one of the best players in our team, really. Like in terms of what he does, which is it being a left back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. Did you cry? That's what I don't know. I probably would. Well, I cried when we lost the 2011 um, Cup final to Birmingham. Um, I was pretty young then, but yeah. Did you cry? Well, if we'd lost three one, sorry, sorry, if we'd lost two one, I would, I would have been happy. But what would be re- happy? Beca- I would have been happy because oh, we would close. have gone out in dignity. I wouldn't. Have, yeah. I would have obviously been happy if we'd won, but I would have been happy, except for the fact that we lost, because it was three one. Because of the way in which we we lost the game, I'd have been very pissed. Off I was. I was. A li- I was just. I was a little bit hurt. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't as pissed off at him as, as really. I mean, I just. I just. I don't want to see him play for our club again. Not that I dislike him anyway. But I just think he'll never be accepted he's, he's by the got fans. To go to back to Germany, maybe second division. Yeah, I think. So. I think second division is a bit harsh, but 
uh, definitely go back. I think de- he's got definitely to go and rebuild his career. Exactly, from rebuild his a lower level. Yeah, rebuild his like his trade as a goalkeeper, his ability to you know, like and it, it just make himself a, a technically much better than he has been. And that moves uh, me on to what I wanted to say about Klopp. Just to you, I want to hear your opinions on it. I think Klopp is adored in the media. I think, understandably, he's a nice, he's a nice bloke, you know. But why hasn't he addressed the goalkeeping issues? There's obvious, obvious goalkeeping issues in your team. There has been since he's been at the club. Mignolet is not good enough, or he's not good enough for Liverpool. Neither is Karius. Why has he not gone out and signed? You've obviously got the money. Why has he not gone out and signed a top goalkeeper? And he's he's shown way too much faith to these two players if Wenger had done this he would have been absolutely destroyed criticised in the media I agree Um, and that's what he's been criticised for a lot in the past he's been criticised for his over loyalty to certain players who haven't been repaying the faith why has Klopp not received the same sort of criticism well I think Obviously, the goalkeeping problem has been addressed too late. I think a year ago, I was happy with Simon Mignolet. Uh, I think most Liverpool fans were because he was having a pretty... His last season, he had a pretty decent he's season. He's still quite error-prone, though. He's not as error-prone as, as Karius is. Yeah, but because, he's still Because Karius will, will, will not save routine saves. Mignolet is a very good shot-stopper, but his, it, his, his distribution has been poor. Now, that hasn't been a problem for us because... It's similar we, to check. Exactly, because we've won the ball back as soon as we lose it. So his, 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 that hasn't been a problem as much as it would be for other teams, yeah. although it still is a problem. But Mignolet's main problem has been uh, not giving us any confidence in the back end. Because our defence has been weak, um, he hasn't done what De Gea might have done at Man United when their defence wasn't so good, which is uh, make some outstanding saves and just keep them in the game, even though they're not defending very well. Uh, Mignolet just doesn't do it because he's just not as good. Well, um, what would you say about the... the- why has how, how why Klopp hasn't been criticised as much as Wenger would have, for example? I think there is a media bias towards Klopp. I think I don't think he's necessarily loved despite his mistakes. I think he's loved for the things that he does well and mm. maybe oh, like overly. I think Wenger. There's a, I think there is a, there is a narrative which is that Wenger is a sort of senile, deteriorating as a manager. I think he's, he's still very well respected. I think he's very well respected, done. but I think I think the the, the general so, sort of media narrative is that his career is going to is going down. Well, mm. And with Klopp, it's, it's, it's especially in Liverpool media, as I read, yeah, the Liverpool Echo, for example, um, they're always going on about how Klopp is the you know he's a savior and he's going to make us a great. I again think he's, he's a very good manager, but I think he should be criticised for things that he's not. I think it's I think it's it's not, it's it's it's. Uh, he is criticised for those things, but it's sort of like, it's okay because next week he's going to do something amazing. You know, we always have this faith that he's going to get better. He's going to improve but us. But this is sort of a long-term thing. Why has he not addressed these I think, issues? I think it's been the same during the, 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 the Rogers era and also back towards Dalglish era as well. I mean... I think it... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Just knocked over the microphone. Anyway. Cut yeah, what I was going to... Since Pepe Reina. <laughs> yeah, since Pepe Reina left, we haven't had a, had a good keeper. Um... Mm. In, in the ranks uh, I think Mignolet has been the only keeper that we've had since then and then Brad Jones obviously the failure that was Adam Bogdan we haven't signed a good keeper Mavinga and maybe that's yeah manager yeah Alex manager, manager that's it 41 years of age yeah um, he was our he came through our academy I think or, yeah he did or yeah we signed him at some that's point that's true um, 
yeah, we should have we 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 should have signed a good keeper, but it's not that we should have signed one. It's that Klopp hasn't said hasn't said these players aren't good enough. He doesn't like to turn around and say these players aren't good enough. He likes I to think, think managers should be more ruthless, though. Well, they should be so identifying he, so he, problems so he, in the yeah, squad. So he needs more of a Mourinho approach, which is if you're not good yeah. enough, you're not fit to play my team. Well, get out. I think all managers should be like that, and I think Klopp, as you're saying, and I mean he's a man manager. He doesn't like to Wenger, do that. They both not necessarily say you're not good enough, but say, just say, we're, we we want to bring in someone else. We, I think you should move on or you're not going to play as much. Yeah, or, or maybe be, be more admitting that you can't, they, they can't afford mistakes. Like yeah. the ones that... You don't have to turn players. around and say, you're terrible, you're exactly. shit, don't play for us ever again. Respect. If you don't, for, if you don't, if you don't like to do it reach like that, out, Reaching out to. for Luke Shaw. I hear you, man. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. who would you like to... I mean, there's obviously been linked with Alisson, uh, Sillerson recently, Jack Butland. Who would you personally like? I don't I don't rate Jack Butland. He's been the most heavily yeah. connected goalkeeper with I us. I think if he wasn't English, he would not be getting all these rumours. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just had a poor season with a team that's been relegated. Yeah. I mean, there's still potential. It's, just, it's yeah. just because he's like... You know, he's young, he's up and coming, and there is mm. that sort of thing, oh, he's going to be he's going to be the next eight great mm. England keeper. I don't think... I don't think he's anywhere near that. I have, I haven't seen any 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 good. I think he, clips he of him. did have some very good spells, and he had that injury. And since the injury, he hasn't necessarily been the same. But I still think there's potential there. But I don't think if he were not English, then these rumours would not be happening. Liverpool fans are not, are not excited by the by the thought by the prospect of signing Jack Butland because mm. it would seem like a step in the same direction, which is sign an average goalkeeper and try and make him better. Now, suppose, obviously, that's yeah. that's Klopp's approach. That's been oh, Liverpool's yeah, Liverpool's point, approach yeah. for in their entirety of their existence as a football club. I mean, even in the Shankly days, you know, we bought mm. Kevin Keegan from Scunthorpe, like that sort of thing. <sighs> you but you buy these players and you improve them through the technique of football because you you have an unwavering faith. I think that's what we're trying to in, do. At exactly, the that's what Arsenal need to do as well. Is yeah. is you know you need develop to develop our current players. Exactly, you, you sign I mean, sign some some new players that are good, but also just. Get down to improving the football that you play at the I moment. Think Emery will be very good for that. I, I I sincerely hope so. I mean, obviously he's very meticulous so that, and uses video analysis quite a lot. That's I mean that's good to hear. It's good to hear that he's he's got that sort of that that tactical and technical approach and concentrated approach. I think Klopp's the same, but in a sort of a more emotive way. He likes to really help the player to become the best player that they can possibly be. And signing Jack Butland, although we can make him a good player, Liverpool fans they want that. To, that, that sort of thing they want to sign players that for not much money and make them better you know mm. and then build a good team around well, at the moment you're signing everyone exactly um, for a lot of money yeah but but I think Liverpool fans just want a good keeper I think keepers nowadays you want them good you know and well, I, I th- when would you never want a goal but you want but you, but you don't want them improve like with potential necessarily you want them with potential but you, but you want them yeah I you, you want them you I want, think your second choice keeper can yeah, be the you one want, you want them, you want them ready made right you want because yeah. you don't want because you it's a position where you can't really gamble exactly with. because they, they play so often they play yeah. almost every game yeah um, and so I think buying a play like Butland you know a, a good keeper I think it's a bit of a risk a yeah. good keeper in a not very good club is is, is a risk but it's also like it's a step in the same direction what we mm. want is we want, we want a player and so I who would, would like your, to see, be your your preference? So Jasper Silesen, I'd like to see him yeah. because he's he's still sixty he's, million is the rumored. Oh Jesus! Well, I, I mean, it's, it doesn't come out of my pocket, so I'm fine. I'm afraid. Um, I suppose he's 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 twenty nine. Expensive. Though. Yeah, it's quite expensive. It's, it's, got, it's too much money. He's twenty nine. 
He's still got some years left. He's shown himself to be quite good. He hasn't got the chances he's wanted. Um, and he wouldn't be a Barcelona if he wasn't a half-decent player. Yeah, obviously. So S- I think... Saw it in the, the Euros. Yeah, I think it shows... Just how good he was. Exactly, he was... He was Sorry, good. not the Euros, the World Cup. In, in 2014. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he was very good. Um, I think... And he has got that quality because he's at, he's at a good club for a reason. I think Alisson, he wasn't that good against us. I have to trust people who's t- in Italian football who say that he's a good we'll player. See in the World Cup. Well, yeah, we'll see in the World Cup because he, you know, he's. I mean, he got to be quite good to displace Edison at Manchester. You know, from Manchester yeah, City for, for, Brazil, in, yeah. for Brazil's number one spot. You have to be quite good to be able to do that. So I, he seems to be, a, you know, pretty good. But I haven't seen anything that sort of strikes me about Alisson. Although another mate for Firmino so that he can stay would be lovely. Yeah. I'd take that. Um, I think. Uh, apart from that, keepers are quite scarce for us to sign. I think we've really got to be very careful about I who think we sign. We all get Leno. It's looking like from we'll from, uh, from for Leverkusen. From Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah. Um, he'd be a good signing. How old is he at the moment? He's twenty five, twenty six. So he's got years on him. That's pretty yeah. good. And he's also obviously he's he's won a few awards. Uh, you know, he's been team team of the weeks and team of the seasons yeah. a few times in the Bundesliga. So he he'll be a good addition to your squad. Mm. Um, he's very good goalkeeper. Yeah, and obviously I don't, I don't I don't think you should sell check, but I think oh, as, no, as second he's keeper, he's just being given a new shirt number number one, so he won't be leaving. Oh, okay, so he'll be staying. It'll be Ospina to go out because yeah, I think that's about time. <laughs> about yeah. like a few oh, years I think too late. Ospina's a good player, but he, he's a bit erratic in his goalkeeping. Oh yes. Anyway, talking about Jack Butland, I want to go on to the the England squad and also just the World Cup in general. How much are you looking forward to the World Cup? I mean, I have multiple allegiances, I have to admit, I'm afraid, that aren't English. Um, but in terms of England... Brazil. Bra- yeah, I'm, I'm, I am actually Brazilian. I'm not disappointing Brazil because yeah. they're good. Ginger Brazilian. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, I am, I'm supporting Brazil. But also, I've got soft spots for Croatia and for Iceland. Because they're sort of uh, the teams I've followed for a while. I don't, don't ask me why. I just I've always had a spot, soft spot for those Fair teams. Enough. But for, in terms of England, I think I think Iceland will be supported by a lot of like second teams. Yeah, if you know what I mean. They're like they're like the they're they're, quite a likable the, nation. Yeah, they're the cult team. Yeah. of the of this World Cup, um, apart from Nigeria. Uh, in terms of England, I think it's just because of the kit. Yeah, so overhyped. By the way, it's all right, it, but no, it's, it's not. It's I not, it's not it's anything rubbish. special. I think it's rubbish. Just bits of green on a white background. Yeah, it's. Ter- I think it's. I, think it's awful. I wouldn't say it's rubbish, but I think it's very overhyped. I've seen people wear it. Honestly, it doesn't look that nice. I mean, it, it just it looks like something you'd wear to bed. You know, when <laughs> when there's no one else at home. Like the just... training kit's very nice though, or it's the, like the jump or whatever. Yeah, but what do, do you wear when you're playing the yeah. World Cup? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, also, a kit doesn't doesn't entitle any team to be adored. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean anything, but... Um, yeah. But in terms of England, uh, I think the squad selection... We can obviously talk about squad selection, but I think we've got a decent chance of Awful progressing to... Selection. I think we've got a decent, decent chance of progressing, because this is this World quarter Cup... Quarterfinals. Yeah, That's quarter, what quarter finals. Quarterfinals, I yeah. think, we've got a, a, we, is a realistic ambition. I think yeah. that we... The we've, group next to us isn't too great. Senegal, Colombia, Poland... And Japan, so we'll get one of those four. If we Brilliant. Get through. We should realistically be in tasty. the quarterfinal. Yeah, um, I think this World Cup is different to past World Cups. We don't have Italy. We don't have the Netherlands. I think England fans are a little bit optimistic that they're one of the big guns. You know, they feel like one of the big guns. We're not. Obviously, we're, well, but they, but they, you know, we feel like that a little bit, little bit more yeah. because 
obviously Belgium we're in a group with, but other teams, there's no, there's there's more of the, uh, more sort of underdog teams and yeah. not as good teams are in the World Cup this this year. So we do feel as if we can beat more people than we did in Brazil. Um, I think our squad, we're relatively well equipped. Obviously, you've got your opinions on yeah. our squad. Jack Wilshire. Um, he's been going Fabian on about Delph, seriously all, all Fab, week Fabian Delph all week he's over been going on Jake about Livermore this. no sorry Jake Livermore Fabian Delph and Lewis Cook are technically picked in front of Jack Wilshire no one can honestly argue out there he's that that is bunny. the right decision that is an, an awful awful decision um, and I think everyone can agree I don't think there's anyone particularly creative in that in England midfield. I don't think Deli Alley and Lingard are those sort of players. They're the sort of players who get in between the lines and link the play. Why was Jack Wilshire not picked? I mean it's an I absurd think, decision. I think um obviously we, we spoke about the way that Southgate likes to line his team up. Yeah um, that's true. He likes to have Lingard, Deli Alley or except yeah. in behind Kane as and, sort of, and Sterling as yeah and Sterling yeah. Uh, as free and attacking for one city exactly yeah. as free attacking players who like yeah. to pick the ball up especially Deli Alley with England he doesn't mm. do so much to Spurs but with England he picks the ball up from quite deep and he, and, mm. and he and he you know runs I think those two sort of they look to be the pivot between the holding midfielder yeah. and the two they're really forward that, players they're really that connector and, Sterling. and also they look I've watched a lot of England, obviously, in the last few friendlies. Those two players yesterday uh, in the game against Costa Rica, it was Loftus-Cheek and Delph. They're sort of, as I said, the link players, but they also have a huge emphasis on them making runs from deep and Henderson or Dyer trying to find yeah. them. Yeah, like, England like to, like to attack in numbers. I think with Wilshere... Um, doesn't when, really suit any of those well, positions. So it's Gareth Southgate's really trying to make a distinction between attacking midfield and regular or defensive midfield. And he yeah. likes to have Henderson and Dyer and then well, link Henderson or Dyer. Henderson or Dyer, sorry. Yeah. Or he likes to have those but he likes and to have those, the two those others. Yeah, he likes to have those yeah. rocks and then the attacking players. And Wilshire sort of fits in the middle. Like you don't really yeah. know you don't, I think he can do a bit of both. Exactly. And so he's not really got the athleticism to be one of the two in behind in that they run beyond Kane a lot of the time which is what we've seen I think Oxley Chamberlain was perfect for that position. yeah I do I'm very very upset as, as you know yourself that he wasn't in the, involved in Liverpool squad and wasn't involved yeah. in England squad I mean that that really sort of still hurts me even thinking about it because he's, me just, as because well. he's such a great guy what a, what a lad exactly yeah. you know from 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 Arsenal he's like yeah. he's what a personality he's a great kid yeah um but you know, Wilshire, you, you, you don't really know what you're getting in terms of attacking and defending. You sort of get this sort of, like obviously, I don't think Southgate didn't pick him because of a of a, of, a, of an ability thing. I think he's definitely able enough. But I think he's I think it was more to do his fitness, but also didn't see him definitely in the fitness. England team. Yeah, I so, think that's a bullshit reason. But though. his but his but his season he's, been, he's played more games than uh, Stones and uh, Rose in the Premier League this season. But his but, well, but his season it sort of fluctuated, hasn't it? Didn't you know it didn't it, it yeah, was yeah. it was quite That's good in true. in, in t- towards the winter because of his yeah. in the Europa League and, and I think obviously... he definitely because it's his first full season in a few years he's had you know these injury hit seasons. He got a bit tired towards the end of the season and maybe that was impacted in Southgate Southgate's selection. Yeah, but you know, but he obviously has the quality that you know has yeah. outraged you that he I has think been he was picked. a bit tired though. Yeah, but he obviously he, he he is he is good enough. But maybe his maybe his his fact the fact that he can't really complete that full season and he might be tired going into the World Cup. Obviously, he wants to play in the World Cup, but he you know 
Southgate's really good to rely upon players who can put in that shift, who can run. You know, he wants people who can run. And if, if Wilshere can't do the running, well, then Southgate doesn't see much, ish, much use of him being a player who supplies because he needs him to cover the pitch a bit more. Wilshere doesn't tend to cover the pitch quite as much as, yeah. say, Ali does sometimes, or Lingard yeah, does. Lingard. Yeah, um, More. Or Henderson does sometimes, even from well, when he's in a more advanced I position. I think he, his position will be to hold. I think because they've got the three at the back, there's less of a need for the two in the midfield. I think you might go for it for Belgium. He might play Henderson and Dyer, but in the other two games... You only really need the three at the back than the one sitting and the other players. What are, what are your What are your opinions on Henderson versus Kane for the captaincy? How is Kane captain? Yeah. Come on, he, he can hardly speak English. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's not the most motivating character. I don't, I don't know. But what in he the, sees at in the him. same time, it's just he, he just said he's the best player, so he has to be captain. That's basically what. I mean, obviously, like. I would have loved to have seen Henderson as captain. Um, but I think Kane is the face of this team. You know, people around the world, they think English players. Who's been playing? Kane. Kane is, he's probably, yeah. he's, he's best. the most known England player but in he, the squad. Yeah, but he's also the say. face of this young team. Like, you know, yeah. some, some would argue that Southgate's building something here. Um, and if he's building something, then Kane is, is he's going to build this team around Kane. Uh, and so I think it, is, it necessitates Kane being an important part of the process. Definitely. Um, and that, that to him seems to be giving him the captaincy. Um, what, but what, are the, what about the other selections? What, what, what stood out for I you? I don't think there was anything Adam major. I think, I think that's fair enough, personally. I think Loftus-Cheeks had a better season. That's true. Lallana hasn't played the minutes. Lallana's hardly played. But I think, I think what Southgate wants is someone who can cover the pitch with the ball and win the ball back and, and, and run and, and sort of really... Yeah, Loftus-Cheek's more of an athlete. Yeah, but also Lallana's obviously, I think, I think he's, one of the most, he's one of the most gifted footballers I've ever seen, genuinely, because he's so... Wow. On, on the, genuinely, Seriously. on the ball, he, he is so composed, but he can do anything. He can, it's not that he can get past anyone, but he can manoeuvre it around the pitch and control play in a way that I haven't seen since, since, Shav, since Xavi, really. Like, he, mm. he, just sort of, he, 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 he takes the mantle of that team um, it's with our Liverpool team and with England he did it a little, little bit and he moves a play around he really dictates what's going on and with in an England team so bereft of leadership I think that's really a really important quality but apart from that I think the selection has been I think it's I think it's, it's a pretty fair selection okay um, I think we'll leave it around there obviously approaching the 50 minute mark um, yeah thanks for coming on today it's been a pleasure um, preferably we would have liked to speak for a bit longer I think we have more things to say about the World Cup but we could leave that for another podcast if you did enjoy please leave a rating or whatever there is or whatever this platform this has been uploaded onto I don't know which what I'm going to put it on yet um, so yeah thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next one bye bye <laughs>